This is As of Late Podcast. It's your boy Titus, and today we have Reese Raps. How are hey, you doing today, I'm man? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Thank you for coming. Thank I, you for having me. Finally, right? Uh, we, we here, baby. We here. We made it. <laughs> Happy right. New Year to you. Happy New Year. You know, as as I said, walking in here, the hardest working woman in the city hey, is here. Look, I didn't say it. <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> I'll say it. My camera right here. I'll say it. I'll say it. This is the hardest working woman in the city right here, man, doing your thing. You know, Thank you. like, you know, this podcast is all about really just highlighting people in the city, highlighting people in the community. But more than anything, it's really about giving flowers to people that I really admire what they do in their craft, whether it be musicians like yourself or other artists in different fields. And Thank you. to have you on this podcast is an honor because when it comes to women that have been doing their thing, that have been relentless, that have been, you know, speaking for themselves when it comes to individuality, being artists. You are right there at the top of the list. And I'm Thank not just you. talking about the city. I'm talking about, like, in general, right? Oh, and so salute to you for continuing that. doing your thing. And welcome to As of Late, man. How how has it been, um, the transition from what did you leave in 2022 that you're not bringing into 2023? Uh, the first thing came to mind was <laughs> holding on to my music <laughs> and hoarding my music for so long like that mm. was kind of it was important for me to drop my second EP at the top of the year because I was like yo these are this is a lot of stuff that I worked on well really everything on the EP is stuff I worked on and it's not everything I worked on in 2022, but it was all recent music. I really haven't brought You're something about the Dilla to market. Yeah, okay. I haven't brought something to market that quickly mm. for me. It was like, all right, I'm doing it, and I was like, I'm usually one that's like, all right, this is the release date, then the release date come, and it'd be like, yo, where the music? <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> right. So I was like, yeah, I just want to like stick to my word about mm. what I'm doing, putting out, you know, not only to the audience but to myself, and um. Yeah, so that was important for me to put that out. And it was like a transitional EP. So it was really important for me to get it out there because I was like, I want to, I don't want to keep. You didn't want to keep that. Tweaking it. I don't want to keep being like, all right, well, this and let me re record this. Let me add some ad libs here. Let me do like, it's just like, I just wanted to push it out there and then like start putting out these visuals and just get it out to the people because I feel like I make music that I got to remember like, I make music that people may, may need to hear. So when I'm hoarding it, that's doing me a disservice, not only to um, my own career, but to my audience, you know? So Thanks. that's what it's about. It's, you know, compounded progression is about progress, moving on, g getting better, you know? And I feel like putting that out for me, it was symbolic to um, being able to put it out and, and move on to other things. Word, word. That's what's up. Did you, with what you were saying, like, you took a little bit of time where it came to, like, you know, tweaking in and, and mm -hmm. you know, maybe scrapping one verse and putting another verse in and be like this. I Did didn't you, do that, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what I think of when I think of tweaking and, like, that whole process, like, this should go, that should stay or something yeah. like that. Um, did that come into an effect because of, you know, the production, in a sense, you know, with, with having, mm -hmm. like, a Jay Dilla type of project? Did you add more pressure to yourself, in a sense, where it was, like, I, I want to like, make sure I want to tweak this, right? I feel like, for me, that's a good question, because, for me, this project was more a form of expression, and it wasn't, like, I think I went into it, like, yo, I want to do an old-school hip-hop project with Dilla Beats because I, I really just love his beats and it and it brings out a certain emotion mm. for me. So really, like, you'll notice the emotion of the project and a really a reason why I didn't really do, like, 
I didn't do really rewrites for this one because I wasn't judging it in that sense. Mm. I was like, is this the is this the message? Does my message get across? Does it sonically sound good? And is my emotion captured throughout this? You know, can you see how I was feeling in that moment? And that's mm. really what it was about for me. So it was it's, it's very authentic in the way that it, it's just a form of expression. You know, I didn't mm. want to. And then that's why I'm like, when so when you go into it, listen to it, it's like, I'm, I didn't write this to be like, because sometimes I'm writing, I'm like, yo, I want to I wanna bar you up. I want to <laughs> be like the best rapper alive on this. Mm. And I'm, I'm about to go. But when it's a certain form of aggression that comes with hip hop sometimes where you, you have to talk your shit and do that. Mm. And it's like, I don't always want to talk my shit though, you know. Yeah, and yeah. not for this, I wasn't. I, I I wasn't in a shit talking mood last year, you know. I was in a like <laughs> shit. I'm trying to fucking make it, and mm -hmm. that's how it feels like. And and that's really what the project's from. So it's like when it comes when you're listening to it. Um, sometimes people listen to critique rather listening to feel it, you know, mm -hmm. instead of just hear it and, and feel the word. Listen to what I'm saying. Listen to the messages throughout. Listen to the theme, mm -hmm. and it's a very um. It's it's I like that because for my first EP it was just I made a bunch of songs and then I added the song some half of them to the EP and I I didn't know it was so you'll see it's like up and down it's a lot of different places but I felt like with this one it's it's very like on theme on topic because it was like okay I'm I, I think I decided in March I was like all right I want to do a project Dilla Beats and I, I made it and then I, I the tweaks I was adding was more like all right like. I want to add ad libs. I want to re-record this this line because you can't understand what I'm saying right here because mm. I don't really do punching, so I'm rapping straight through. So some of the words mm. might be might be off. So I might go in and punch in that line or 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 add that so it can sound cleaner in certain areas, not gotcha. necessarily rewrites because um, I like. I like to. I don't ever do. A, I only do a rewrite if I think it's whack, mm. and I don't think it was whack. I think it was. <laughs> like, I love every song on the project. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I agree. I love every song that I've heard on there. It Thank was you. it was a good, like you said. I didn't I didn't get any because with you you have that vibe in a sense to where, um, and that that has come back into like I was talking to my niece because like, it's you know, for me anyway, from the outside looking in, I think the female, just like the hip hop game, I think is in a beautiful place. I think you have a lot when you see mainstream, you got, you know, what people criticize is like the um, cookie cutter of what a mainstream like right. female rapper would be. But I think it's the same thing when people are looking at mainstream hip hop. I think yeah. it's, it's for me a different taste to where it's all different spectrums of dominant female MCs now. Yeah. You know, like I can get anything I want. Like and 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 it's and they can get into their bag and don't have to worry about you know getting in this lane or getting in that lane. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like Gorilla's gonna be Gorilla. She doesn't right. have to get into like Little Sims lane. Right. Like, Sims don't gotta worry about like I need to make this kind of song. Like right. Because hip hop is in such a place where you have subgenres now. Like a woman can really just be herself now. I don't think right. you could be that lenient back in the day. You know what I'm saying? You don't you think to, so. You had to come, most women had to come from underneath somebody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so yeah. it's like they had to get the cosign from a dude. Right. Like even like Foxy, she got she got hove. You know what I'm right. saying? Like right. Kim got big. And it was just like now right. she can evolve by herself and really right. come up and be like, yeah, I'm here. 
And yeah, so, yeah, you're right about the coast. Everybody did kind of come. If you think about but it. But they had a right. camp or, or something. I mean, even up. I think Nikki was probably the last of that dying breed because she right. came from underneath Wayne. Right. And so it's like, I think it's at a beautiful place with that. And I say that to say, you, you're you in that lane to where, like how you said, like if you, I've, <laughs> when you want to get lyrical, you get lyrical. Right. But then at the same time, like you'll have songs where it's a vibe, where you just, right. you in your, you in your bag, you yeah and you're full woman and right so it's like i think that's the perfect balance of like you as an artist because thank you you don't have those moments like you said like with the dealer thing you could have came on it like on some like added pressure like yo some royce to find and like you know i'm gonna bar right. these niggas because they probably think but no you right like, let me really take my time with this and and put the emotion into this like right. how i feel like you, i want you to really feel what i'm feeling with this right because it's like i don't i don't feel I don't feel like that way at, right at, in that moment, but it's like sometimes I do, and I write the shit that calls for for that moment. But it's mm-hmm. like everything shouldn't have to be that, and I feel like it's it's a it, it was just it was just yeah it was just a feeling you know, and I and I'm glad I could capture that because my music like my first project called the Diary of a Piehead like it's more about the diary more than the piehead thing, but it's like <laughs> it's about the diary and um. I feel like I should be able to listen to my music and know where I was at mentally when mm-hmm. I wrote it. You know, I look at it. I can go back and write so many or um, recite so many verses and know exactly what I was thinking at the time because I write music that's true to me at the moment. But mm-hmm. that don't mean that you're not about to get barred up on the next project. You know, <laughs> but it's like it's just it's how I'm feeling at the moment. So it's and I feel like I like uh, the balance of being able to put out music and do one thing, and then like you might see on my freestyles, I'm more aggressive usually if I'm just dropping a freestyle or talking my shit in, in that way. But I just feel like it's a mixture. Of everything but um you should be able to create the music you want to create in in whatever moment that's true to you so i think it's good for people to just you know stop putting so many constructs on music because it's it's subjective really you know like Mm -hmm. it's it's really subjective and it's like i do got now i do got bars in the jay diller project like i do like but it's like it's more about it's more about the song sometimes for me too so it's it's just a mixture uh, everything but yeah i really I, I love that project i love both my projects so and i feel like everything i make is timeless so whenever you come to it you're gonna you're gonna still rock with it yeah that's a good word for a timeless i can go back to that and listen to it again you know thank you i, I could go back to it and enjoy it like i wouldn't mm-hmm. just listen to that be like i got reese on today let me see what she's talking about so i, right. can say that I, <laughs> I would listen to your stuff again like it's like you said it's timeless i can listen to it two years from now right riding in the car you know it's a vibe and mm-hmm. like you said the bars are still there like a killer is still a killer you know your pen is still there it's just the degree of how you're doing it you know right. you know the the flow pattern you know the arrangement right. but if you're yeah. if you're listening like how you said like you can still hear it in there right you know, and i'm big on flows too i love flows i really mm-hmm. I love pockets and different mm-hmm. flow patterns and just everything. So, yeah, I'm really big on that, too. Yeah. That's kind of like my writing style is, like, very flow-based. But um, that's kind of like the artists, you know, I would listen to have flows. <laughs> like, so it's just, yeah, it's just a, what you reflect. So Word, for sure. You said um, the artists that you listen to, that brings me to my next question with you growing up. Because you grew up. 
Aren't you from Pittsburgh originally? I'm from Pittsburgh, yeah. Okay, 412. Mm-hmm. Okay. 412, born in the 412 on 412. My birthday, oh, April 12th. So. Damn, that's yeah. what's up. That's dope. That's yeah, dope. so I got it tatted right here. I got the parentheses for my area code and the dash for my birthday. Word, yeah. word. That's what's up. It's a hard-working city, man. You know, it's a lot of um, my cousins stayed there for a while, and I got oh, a really? chance to visit it. Nice. Some beautiful people out there, man. It yeah, kinda, it's it, a unique city. Mm-hmm, very unique. It reminds me of us to a degree in the sense of, like, it comes from hard-working people. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very big on their culture when it comes to um, their football. <laughs> yeah. Very big when it comes Definitely. to their community. Right, there's um, a lot of small businesses. Mm-hmm. A lot of us there. A lot of us there. A lot right. of a lot of black community there. Hoods everywhere though. You know, it's everywhere. It's it's segregated too, and it's a lot of successful black people there too. So it's mm-hmm. like there's a it's either you on one side or the other. But the people on the other side came from that side. It's a lot of people, mm-hmm. and it's it's it's, it's Pittsburgh is 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 different. You mm-hmm. know, like it's just. Growing up there, I think um, it was important for me. I mean, just growing up around my my extended family and stuff, my granddad was a big part of um, my just inspiration growing up and everything. And so um, it was important to live. I, live. I moved from there when I was 13. So I lived for there the first part of my life. And I was um, in a lip-syncing group with my granddad called the unspeakables mm. where they would lip sync and he's the one that nicknamed me Reese. okay yeah so i had never used that name before i moved to charlotte um my granddad was the only one that ever called me that but those were my first performances you know my first paid shows eventually i started um performing with the i was the youngest member of the group they was doing that since before i was born wow. it was like in the regatta festival they were in the newspapers and stuff like that mm-hmm. so um and um, so I was like the youngest member of that group from when I was like five until I moved when I was like 12, 13, almost 13. So wow. that was that was my I didn't perform again until 2018. So really? Yeah. So when I got back into it, I didn't even realize like, yo, I'm still I still love this like I did when I was a kid because those were my first performances. Eventually, I'm like, I deserve to get paid like everybody else. I'm doing <laughs> three songs and show yeah. like everybody else. And so he started paying me uh, when I was like maybe like fourth grade and stuff mm. i was getting paid shows and stuff like i would get like 50 dollars a show that's what's just performing we would do nursing homes churches all types of stuff so um that was a big part uh, just there's so many things about pittsburgh when i go there i'm like it's just nostalgic you know i'm mm. like yeah we i just swear i grew up like yeah it's crazy so yeah but then i moved from there to um california and lived there for six months went to high school in st louis mm. I lived there for four years and then um, lived in Kansas City, Missouri for six years. And then I moved to Charlotte 2018. Okay. That's mm-hmm. what's up. You come from a military family? No. No, just, no. just travel? No, my dad was really getting laid off like at a certain point because he's a computer programmer. Okay. And um, when you do that from the 80s, they not doing C++. They not doing certain languages no more mm-hmm. in the in the 2000s, you know. So it was like stuff was getting phased out. He didn't go back to school. So he had to – now he's updated on Java and all that. But, you know, he had to learn on the job and yeah, learn new languages yeah. and stuff. So it was like kind of like my dad was unemployed for a while in Pittsburgh. So we had moved from like shelter suburban. Mm-hmm. Like for us – well, my, when my parents got married, they had – my mom had two daughters and my dad had a son. Um but when my parents got married in 1990, 
they um they had four more kids so i'm the last kid but um so us younger batch of kids um <laughs> uh we we were more sheltered you know until until mm. um my dad was um I think like 2004, he lost his job, and, mm. we, and then my mom worked for the first time. She was staying home, mm -hmm. and we moved to the hood. We moved to the projects in Pittsburgh, so mm. I lived there, and we was living in the projects my last like three years in Pittsburgh. And I'm great. I was very grateful for that experience because it's like it's I've seen so many different things, but I also like seeing how you could just become a product oh, of your, your environment. environment. I mm. definitely was. I started blending in for all of a sudden. <laughs> I wanted. But I was so, I remember like being in the suburbs, I, I was so like goody two shoes. Like I was, I was like, you got rewarded for being good, but I don't remember moving to the hood and wanting to be hard, mm. you know, and wanting to, and you got rewarded for acting out, you know? Mm. So it's yeah, like the values change, you know, from, yeah. from the suburbs culture to the hood culture. And it's really, it's actually pretty toxic when you think about it. It's like, yes. damn, you get rewarded for, not to say that school is really, important one way or another like what they were teaching us but it's like just in the culture you got rewarded for being hard for being like yeah like when i moved yeah. to cali by the time i moved to cali like three years later they thought i got out of juvie or something like <laughs> you know like i lived in a valley how in long California. you been in right <laughs> so like i lived in a total so i went so my dad got a job in California, but it was only in six months to hire, and he didn't get hired on. So then we had to find a job in St. Louis, mm. and then Kansas City. But then my parents moved to Charlotte, and I stayed behind um, in Kansas City. Yeah, which I, it was my idea for everybody to move to Charlotte, and mm. then I stayed behind when I met my ex, and then because um, then we had our pickup places. He was updated, so I'm like, "Yo, let's move to Charlotte." I had worked at Quick Trip. They built that new division out here. Mm -hmm. I, was like, I get promoted quicker. It's closer to Pittsburgh. It's warm and it, it's not. It don't snow out there like that. It's by the beaches because we are landlocked and stuff. My mom liked to be like, "All right, that makes sense." Bet you know. And mm -hmm. then my dad found a job, Bank of America, and um, programming for them. And they moved in 2015, and I had met my ex from the year a year later from when they actually moved and then I met my ex and I stayed behind. So. <laughs> I holla at y'all. Yeah. <laughs> so that was like, that was crazy because I never would have thought I would still be in Kansas City, especially with no family. It was yeah. like, damn, like I never even wanted to come here. I wanted to get emancipated when we were supposed to move to Kansas City because I had to move my senior year. Mm. So I moved my junior year summer. So I, people was asking me, did I even go there at my graduation? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, damn. Yeah. That's how it was for me here. I'm born and raised here, but um, my senior year, because I always hung around with older people, mm -hmm. by the time I graduated, I barely went to school because, like, all my people was gone. Like, all mm. my cast was gone. And so, like, I end up, I tell people all the time, I end up had to take, like, a test in, like, the principal's office <laughs> to pass, to, like, to Damn. graduate because, like, I had missed so much. And, and I had to do something like that, but yeah. it was my GED test. So they had a program. Thank God they had this because it was called Missouri Options. Where if you were over, because I stopped going to school like my junior year, I really stopped going. Mm. I was skip, I skipped like half my junior year, and then like I got suspended actually on my last day mm. um, of my old school, and then um, yeah, so I had um, stopped going my junior year, and I was over a year behind to graduate. But I was always, you know, I was in gifted growing up, you know, it's in a gifted program. I could, t I still was testing really well i just wasn't doing the work and just wasn't doing anything yeah. so they had a program where you can take your ged test and um if you pass 
you can get you could get your high school diploma and walk with the class. So that's mm. what I ended up doing. So I ended up doing that. I took my GED test, and so I ended up graduating early. I graduated in October because all I had to do was take my GED test mm-hmm. and take like a class for two hours, and until October, I took that, and then I graduated in May with the class. And then I'm like, damn, I should have dropped out and got my GED <laughs> a long time ago. I should have been that <laughs> right. And then I ended up getting into every college I applied for. I was went to university and stuff just off of test scores i'm mm. like damn i really didn't have to i didn't have to go past 10th grade yeah. like i could have really went dropped out 10th grade to my ged test have my have my associates by the time people graduated so mm-hmm. it's like yeah but yeah it's like i went to different colleges and i eventually dropped out but i, I did it to say i could do it and it's like it's like mm. all right now nah, all this money for what i feel you i went through that experience you know i don't regret it you know it's people in my college experience that I still talk to to this day Mm -hmm. and you learn different stuff, you know, like I told, I told, um, a previous person I was talking to on here that I went to an all black college. And so for me, that was something that was beautiful to see because like all the schools I went to prior, prior to that was mixed, you know, Mm -hmm. it was black, white, Hispanic and all of that. But in particular, like growing up in the neighborhoods I grew up in, I got a taste of, like, my household. My mom did what was best for us. Um, But then, like, my friends and then, like, certain areas in certain neighborhoods, like, it was kind of like what you said. Like, you know, you're you're honored by getting in trouble. You're honored by fighting. You're honored by, like, your track record of what you do. And so, for me, college for me was the first time where I seen the different shades of the beauty of black, in a sense. That's beautiful. I saw, like... Black anime, you know what I'm saying? Like nerd clubs, you know what I'm saying? I saw like, you know, people like congratulating each other. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. not really, I wasn't in like no fraternity type stuff, but I seen the brotherhood and I understood it in a sense. And so like, it showed me a different shade of black that I feel like needed to be seen because from there, like you said, my, my, my scene of us was like, you know, Jones on each other or like, you know playing with, like a nigga hating on you because like they trying right. to act like they really for you but they like oh you ain't gonna make it like they rooting right. for you like yo man come on man we gotta pass this and stuff like yeah. that it's like man, these cats out here encouraging each other and That's stuff dope. like <laughs> look i wish i would have um had that experience like a hbcu mm. i went to a pwi, <laughs> PWI. I went, no, <laughs> predominantly white <laughs> um yeah i went to missouri state and um for a semester and i it was it just wasn't that at all it wasn't what like that? nothing you just described <laughs> she said this because <laughs> it was in springfield missouri so that's like three hours from there's not a whole lot of hbcus in the state of missouri period uh-huh. like there's like one or two i think and um there's there's hairstow st louis and then there's um another one i think but it was like in Springfield, which is like super white town, like I lived in a place called Pleasant Hope before, with like a population of like thirty. It felt like like mm. for like for like six months or a few months. It was it was really crazy. Like that experience was totally different than what you described, but mm. it was. It was an experience, nevertheless. <laughs> but yeah, a lot happened out there. But I had lived in Springfield for a year, Springfield, Missouri, and that was just like that wasn't black excellence. So I didn't see. I didn't, <laughs> see, said, none I didn't of that. see that there. <laughs> so, <laughs> it wasn't <yeah>. popping. <laughs> well, in that in that time, 
um, going into college because I want to I want to backtrack just a little bit mm-hmm. in the sense of um, influences musically mm-hmm. because like you had you had that that growing up with your grandfather. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, you didn't you didn't get back into it yourself when it comes to performing until later on in life, right? Um, so throughout that time, throughout duration, throughout high school, um, because the gift, of course, is inside of you throughout mm-hmm. this time. It right. just needs to be home. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some things that are influencing you? What are, What are some artists that you're listening to? Is the spark there at this time, you know, the idea? Yeah, in high school or just in life? In Um, high school, like. In high school, no. Like, I remember in high school, you know, I was just very, like, it's crazy how different I am than than the person I was in high school. It's it's like, in high school, I was a person that wanted to do a lot of things. Like, Mm -hmm. I wanted to be in drama. I wanted to, I think I was part of one talent show, and it was singing a cover or something. I, I used to want to sing mm-hmm. before um, rapping and stuff. Just growing up, I used to sing. I wanted to be a singer as a kid, and then I went through puberty. I kind of people stop. I was people start saying, "Oh, she used to could sing." I'm like, "Damn, I can't sing no more." <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> so like, I went through that, and I never really honed in on that. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, I was never a part of choir. I was really never a part of anything like i would like be on track i was on track for like three weeks and and just doing i would want to do a lot of things but not do them it's like my high school situation could have like definitely been totally different i could have been doing all the things but i was just someone that when we talked about when we talked about averages earlier be it it's like i would be like I know I wanted to be an actress for a while but then not actually doing the steps and letting society brainwashed me a lot of times i felt like i was really brainwashed in high school like i was it was certain parts of high school where i was into drama it's like not the drama class but like actual drama oh. but, <laughs> <laughs> but um like just you know i would eat mcdonald's and stuff like that i was just mm. i am vegan now i would just i had braces i was just like I would be like a class clown type when I first started out and or, or getting suspended or and then I started smoking weed maybe in like tenth grade. So it's mm. like I just was like I tell I was like not your ideal kid. Like mm. it was like teachers like one of the teachers at a parent teacher conference was like, She's she's the reason why I would like to retire and she just like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like so it's like I was I was just somebody I questioned just, my whole life from this child. <laughs> right. Like I was like, damn, that was my Latin teacher too. Mm. And it was like I was just someone that just did not apply myself at all. It's like, mm. and, and just would not do anything. But it's like I had things I wanted to do. Like, so I had one time I in high school I had wanna um, recite in a poem. You know, um, I had did it for my class. I had just got back from a semester in alternative school, and they're like, "All right, we're doing these poem recite." And I had one best on my class, and that that kind of was like, "All right, so maybe you are supposed to be speaking." Mm. And um, I think too. Having a speech impediment, having a lisp, that mm. discouraged me from a lot of speaking stuff really? growing up. Yeah. yeah, so it was like, I didn't, I felt like I would want to be, oh, you could do journalism, you could do all these things, but oh no, you have a lisp. You you could be an actress, you could be, but you have this, so maybe you should just write, or maybe you should do something else. Or I would look up careers and be like, oh, look at that average income, I can't do that, <laughs> you know? Mm. But then it's like, yo, you're not average. You got to realize, like, you wasn't looking at, I was looking at something where it'd be like the median income 
And I'd be like, damn, that's not enough. Like, look up for an actress. It'd be like, damn, 20K a year instead of, like, the high end. Now I look at stuff and I see, like, I'm like, oh, I'm on the high end of whatever <laughs> I'm doing, you know? So it's uh. like if I know the potential for that end. I just didn't believe in myself as much as I do now. Uh. And so um, going from that high school experience to going into college, uh, being undecided on what I wanted to do. So I ended up just getting, like, my transfer degree and then getting into a relationship at age 19 to almost 24. Then moving to Charlotte, it was like, finally i can like who am i you know what i'm saying mm, like yeah. what what do i like to do what because my relationship is very controlling it's like i'm like what do i like to do because i used to um I, I would i would i wrote my first song probably when i was in fifth grade mm. you know and it was like singing or even and um when i lived in the hood i remember i wrote my first song and i wrote a song with like a group of girls and stuff in, in, in sixth grade and stuff so it's like i've always been a writer i used to write um like fan fiction and stuff growing up and um i wrote like because i was in gifted we did like a little play called i wrote a little short film basically called and we recorded and everything called the elevator homicide and i wrote that and acted in that so it's like i was doing stuff like that in middle school just um with high school i just really you know i just i wasted time <laughs> i wasted time so it's like coming out of all that I think that's kind of how I move, how I move now. Cause it's like, damn, I spent so much time just not doing what I wanted to do. Just letting society, let other people's opinions stop me from what I really wanted to do. Yeah, Getting in my it. own head, mm -hmm. you know, and stuff and like just not doing it. And that doesn't really do anybody no justice because I've always had it in me. I've always been that pert, that kid that I was performing and not scared to be in front of people. I was shy for a long time. Like I was scared to perform the first time I performed mm. in 2018, but not when I was a kid. So I didn't like, it was like, I was literally shy and I was like, I was a person that I wasn't. So it, it's kind of like when you, when you start acting on certain parts of yourself and letting that take over, you kind of forget who you are and you lacking the balance and everything. So you just go for it if you want to do something because it's like none of that shit matter. All them people in high school don't matter. You know, <laughs> it's like they don't matter today. Mm. And none of that stuff, anything that was going on really does not matter. So only thing that matters is how you use your time and how you applied yourself, you know? Yeah, man. That's a fact. You know, I tell my, my nephew because he's, he's pursuing music now and he's like, man, like he... um Sometimes I think, and I think that's what a lot of us, our, our worst, like Lupe said, our biggest enemy is our inner me. <laughs> and so, like, we're our biggest critics in a lot of ways. And I'm like, right. bro, at the end of the day, just do it how you want to do it. Right. You know? Don't worry about what this person's saying, what that person's right. saying. Leave, leave no stone unturned in this mm -hmm. thing. Because, like, you know, that's one of the biggest things that people have is regret, you know, at the end right. of their life. And then they get to an age where they think it's too late. And, you know, you're a, he ain't nothing but 18. And so right. it's like he's at an age right now where he's so, he's he's wide-eyed, as he rightfully right. should be. Um, but in that time, he's in a <clears throat> he's in a time where he's very much critiqued by, like, social media and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So he's battling that as well. And yeah, so, it's crazy. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a crazy world to live in, trying to balance your individuality, but then wanting to, because it's natural to have that human emotional to be wanted, you know, right. and, and yeah. have appeal from other people and stuff like that. So, you know, yeah. that's that's dope that you came into your own and, and got back into the natural, you know, 
performer that you were as a right. child. And a lot of that could have came because of the last memory of you doing it was with your grandfather. Right. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so, like, this is, like, getting back until you becoming an adult, you're doing it solo now. Right. And so this is a whole different experience. You it know? is, totally. Kind of like Eric, um, I don't know if you watched the R&B Money podcast with, like, Tank and uh, no, Jay Valentine. This it ain't been out, but last year was his first year. But it's had very good interviews. Like if you're into just like I like listening to people's stories and stuff right. like that. And they had Eric Benet on there, and he grew up from a family full of singers. And like nice. he was when he first went solo, he said that was his biggest thing. Was like when he when he did it solo was he was scared to death because he was used to looking to the left and seeing his sister. Right. And so he took his shoes off to, like, make himself more comfortable. And he's been doing that since this day. Oh, nice. But, like, once he, I say that to say when he got into that mode, he was so shy. But then when he got back into, like, yo, I'm built for this. I used right. to do this with my sister. It was, like, clockwork. And so, Literally. That's how it was. You know, I performed for the first time, like, my own original music. Because, you know, I was just lip syncing before. And it's still a performance. Outfit changes, everything. I didn't but, even think about that. That's a whole nother realm. Because yeah. you're doing your own music now. Yeah. Mm. It's like I was lip syncing. But, um... Which is crazy that my granddad was setting up paid shows to get people to come out and just listen. Like, can we talk about the hook? You can tell that's a piss bird, dude. Right. The hook. These ain't even my songs. $10 at the door. <laughs> it's like, what? Like, how did you like? No, he was like, it would be like free. It would be like, he would book the nurse. The nurse at home would book us to come through and entertain. He would book entertainment, everybody, and break bread with everybody. Mm. And then it's like, it's free to the patrons. And it's like... I don't know how you how you did that, but it's like that's a whole nother thing, and that's a it's beautiful to me to see that because it's like it's a lot of people that have ideas and don't ever do them. Mm. So it's like to think like, hey, I want to do a lip syncing group called the Unspeakables, yeah. and, and we're not doing no real songs. And he gave so many people a sense of community, and so like and people that may not they may not be singing or rapping, but they got Fine. talent. They know how to perform, yeah. and and, and it, it gave so many people a part of to be an uh, opportunity to be a part of something. Mm -hmm. And and not only that, the people that we touched, the nursing homes that we went to, the different places they got, and we're we're doing all oldies and stuff. My granddad grew up on and stuff like that he had a he had thousands of records and everything so it was like just being able to have that idea and bring it to a fruition and and the longevity in it you know that was that group was like 30 years in the in, in like till the time he died so it was mm. like i commend him for that and it's very inspiring yeah that's dope man that's beautiful because then you look at like where stuff like that because all it takes is an idea and a mm -hmm. lot of people that's why i tell people like Again, leave no stone unturned. Don't no idea is a stupid idea. You know, right. it may be stupid to that person that you're talking to, but it may be someone across the street that may be like, "Yo, that's that's dope." I've been thinking about that right. too. It'd be the it'd be the craziest thinking idea, but people get bags off of that. Right. You look at look at like you saying with your with your granddad with lip syncing back in the day. You, you fast forward now, they got a whole TV show doing right. It. And so and it's, it's like, like <laughs> he's ahead. Of, he was ahead of his time for real. When it comes to that, it's like. Like, how did you even mm -hmm. bring all that to fruition? But then not only that, like, starting you getting money for it, too. Like, it, mm -hmm. it really made it. Th we have rehearsals every Wednesday. Like, it was, it was, we was on a schedule. He would assign us the songs. I would memorize the song. That's why I, me I probably memorized stuff so good. I would learn my songs really quick. Like, mm. to anything from Alvin and Chipmunks to Patti LaBelle to Pointer Sisters to all types of songs. Like, mm. It was a lot. We have group songs, solos, like just 
dance moves. We used to <laughs> make a joke because he used to want us to do like a move to every single word. Like it'll be mm. like my girl, and then like <laughs> he like they used to do uh, the all types of shout, all that stuff. So uh, um, yes, it was it was a it was a unique experience that that really attributed a lot to what I'm doing now. But, like, just all types of music, though, I, I've listened to growing up. Just, it's hard to even say, like, it's like, I, when I go through these interviews, I'm like, damn, I don't even be mentioning this person. I listen to this person. <laughs> it's like, I listen to, I like songs, you know. Mm. I'll find, I'll attach to different songs and I'll listen to that song over and over again. And then, mm. I'll, then I will listen to it for a while and then I'll move yeah. on. But it's a lot, it's a wide range of artists, you know, just um, being exposed to with, Cause you know my granddad was a DJ. My granddad did a bunch of stuff, but he was also a DJ. Mm. My uncles are DJs too, and mm. um, part time or whatever. So my mom was always she always was around music, you know, just um, loving mm. music. And my mom rapped too. My mom was rapping in the eighties and stuff like Dang. that. So and she still rapped to this day. But um, hey, that's yeah, what's up. still yeah. got the bars on deck. Yeah. So it's like, and it's like her style of rap is very storytelling, very like, you know, mm. like, you know, Sugar Hill Gang and all that, that. Like, that's what she grew up in the first rap songs and stuff mm. like that. So Roxanne like, and all that. Yeah. So um, it was. So with her, um, and she writes like goofy raps or she'll freestyle and stuff like that. So, you know, I've seen her doing that before I started even writing raps. So it was really natural when I started writing, especially because I was, I was writing poetry in high school. You know, I was doing poetry. I wasn't like writing poetry every day, but I definitely did. Um, it was like, yeah, I wrote poetry. I write poetry. So it transferred really well um, when I did start writing, rapping. It was like, I was already natural to write. It just had to put a beat to it and stuff. So I started rapping when I was um, in college, actually, my freshman year. So, mm. so yeah. Dope. Dope. That's beautiful how it all came together. Mm -hmm. and, and I would imagine going back to your grandfather, another thing, fast forward, and that helped with the piece in that of you because you, you're at this point and you've done such a great job of doing this and not just being like, the artist, you know, you are a brand, mm -hmm. how you branded yeah. yourself. Um, the the mindset of just, like, understanding that you are in the music business. Right. You do that very well. And Thank then you. you're telling me these stories with your granddad that is, you know, you're seeing business at hand there with mm -hmm. lip syncing and, like, getting these, you know, these nursing homes and going to these spots and then right. setting it up to where it's, like, um, making sure – T's are crossed and I's are dotted. Right. Um, is that where you got that influence as well on making sure on your end, like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to step into it right and knowing both sides of the spectrum because you've done a good job of doing that as an artist. Not Thank a lot you. of artists do that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's like, because I never really... I don't think I really thought about how much like my granddad put into that behind the scenes. It was just like, all right, I'm coming to rehearse, so I'm practicing the songs or whatever. Mm. I didn't think about all that he was doing to put together these shows. I never seen the process of that. You know, it was just like, all right, we got it. This is where we're doing the show, but we still have rehearsal every week, mm. you know, regardless of what show. It was it was crazy. I don't even remember how often the shows were, but it was like we was always doing it but I don't I don't even think I, I realized I don't know if it was just natural within me because I here's the thing with music what I realized early on because you know when I first started when I 
when I first started taking it serious mm-hmm. in um, 2018. You know, I had wrote a couple songs leading up to 2018 before mm-hmm. I started pursuing it. I, I had never recorded them, though. When I moved to Charlotte, I was like, all right, I want to make my first project. I want to... I want to do that. And um, I end up meeting K-Figs at the mall like two months later, like Crazy Figs, my producer. Mm-hmm. And that was just, you know, fake because I was looking for a studio. I'm like, I need a professional studio to record out of because I want to I want to make this music and everything like that. And um, now I forgot why I started saying this. <laughs> I knew I was going to do this. <laughs> throughout the interview, I've been doing really good. Um, yeah, you're doing But great. yeah, okay. So um, when, I, when I made my first song... Or when my when I made my I had my first session and then my two three days later I had another session you know I think I was recording like four songs in each session mm-hmm. and because um, I had I was writing music for a couple months before I got into the studio and practicing and reciting it when I made Diary of a Pothead I was like oh I'm about to blow like <laughs> <laughs> it's all in it. this is it this song mm-hmm. is amazing my music is amazing I'm mm-hmm. like I'm really good at this so that was before I didn't even have an Instagram I. Was, I had deleted all my social media like some years ago before that. Oh. Um, and, uh, well, I had never been on Instagram. I had deleted my Facebook, but I had never been on Instagram. Yeah. Because I always thought I was too late to join. I'm like, mm. it was 2014. I was like, I'll wait till the next trend. <laughs> and then, <Yeah. laughs> 2018 K, I was like, fuck, people are still on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't That's start. That's when I joined it, 2018. 2018, yeah, yeah. we was late. We was mm. like, all right. I was late, yeah. <laughs> Finally, let's, let's, I guess it's, not, it's still here. So mm-hmm. I got on Instagram 2018. And I was like, all right, now that I'm actually doing this music, but I thought I would blow. And then I realized in that first year, first of all, a lot of people would come along and you'd be like, oh, this is fate. I met them. They about to put me on. You know what I'm saying? I've had uh-huh. multiple people. I'd be like, oh, damn, I made it already. This is, But uh-huh. early on, you learn that really ain't nobody about to make this shit happen for you. Yeah. It's like you, this is not freaking 1990 or 1980 where you got a hot song and you got a good song and somebody's like, yeah, I love the talent. Let's, let's develop you and, and put you where you need to be and, and mm-hmm. invest in you. It's like, that doesn't happen anymore. You have to put in the work. So yeah. it's like, when I first started performing, I performed for the first time and then I was like, I don't want to look like I just started. So I performed first time June. In the month of August, I took the whole month of August off. And um, I performed like 30 times that month. Like mm. I was everywhere just performing three t- two, three times a day sometimes. Mm. You know, and I had performed. It ended up being my first year in, in a, like a couple months, four months span. I had performed from when I started performing. I performed over 100 times in like four months. Mm. So it's like, and then I won the Queen City Award that mm. first year. That same first year I moved here. I won Female Hip Hop Artist of the Year. Mm. Same first year performing. And that just told me, it's like, all right, all this time that you was not doing something because you felt like you wasn't good enough or that you it was you thought like maybe you just the only one that likes it or or something like that. It's like all that time you weren't going for what you wanted. Look, at, you're going for what you want. Now you're getting awards and stuff. And that just you're was like right symbolic. Track. Yeah, it was like you're actually an artist. I felt weird even telling people I was an artist at first. You know, mm. I felt weird even telling people my name was Reese. I felt weird. I had never went by nicknames or nothing, you know. But it was like... You kind of just walk in it and um, you realize that for one, if you gotta, you gotta keep shit going now. You gotta keep stuff moving. Like that's what I realized throughout this. Like you have to keep going or else like you're going to get left behind, you know? So it's like, especially when you starting out and I'm glad I did take the time off from when I first started rapping to where I got in my relationship. 
have been rapping for six months and I got in a relationship. My ex was like, oh, I don't want no rapper girlfriend. And it was just a hobby Dang. for me at the time. So I was like, oh, I met my soulmate and this is just mm. a hobby. I'll pick my soulmate. I had to like usually literally pick and it took all my videos off YouTube. Wow. And stuff. I was, I had, they're back up now but like if you look on my old videos there's videos from like almost 10 years ago on there mm. um of me rapping when i first started when i was 19 and um i was like two months in like yeah i know the delivery sucks but listen to the message like <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah I would, I would be running out of breath but like by the time i got back into it my breath control was better my direction was different mm -hmm. who i am was a, i have been through some things you know so it's mm -hmm. like my my trajectory totally changed and, and i have so i'm not mad at where, how it's been happening because it's like i'm learning so much along the way and it's like i'm making it so whenever that big break finally do come it's not gonna be a big break it's gonna be a lot of small breaks that mm -hmm. add up that people think is overnight <laughs> they gonna be like oh she came out of nowhere it's like no i've been working at this for a long time but yeah, when that sure. comes i'm not gonna get screwed over because i've been able to do so much on my own it's like i don't even at this point i don't even where i wanted to get signed before i don't even want to get signed to a deal i want to make my own record label mm. you know i want to have my own things um or or just and I see, like, with the incorporating the events, like, I see how to pay myself for shows. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know how to do it. You know, I throw an event, and then I put myself on a hill on it. Like, yeah. it's, it's so many, it's, like, so many ways I've seen, like, make money. I've seen stuff go in and not come back. But then I see, with events, I see it comes right back. What you put yeah. in, you come right back. So it's, like, it's, it's a lot of stuff I can build on in that aspect, and then it, it's still within the vein of my artistry to where it comes back to me still. But then I'm also, like, I believe in other people as well, and I, I like to, you know, pr create platforms and different things. So I feel like working together also is is what I'm moving into more for this year is like, mm. all right, let's all these people I say let's work with, like, let's actually work. Like, let's You do mean it. work in the sense of, like, like doing records in that I mean records I mean events I, feel I mean like you've been doing that in that in that regard there's not a lot of people with a Reese feature or I mean like event wise now oh, if you're talking records like I feel like you've done a good job in the sense of like being community based like, I am community based but I'm like a lone wolf though <laughs> like I'm like yeah. I'm very I think that's kind of why um my event which is interesting that you are in you know you're a lone wolf, you're saying, but it's interesting how you move in that sense of like throwing these events and, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and being so like, you know, so bold on stage, yeah. and, you know, but that's usually how a lot of artists that I admire are like that, though. Like when they're not on stage, when they're not doing stuff like. They're very to themselves, very yeah. And stuff I like am. That. I'm pretty. I realized too with COVID, like, damn, I do like being inside because mm. I was outside for so long, and I was just like, I had FOMO for a long time. Like when I first stepped on the scene, and that was, I needed COVID to sit down and figure out what does your next music sound like because I went from creating that music, jumping right on the scene, mm. and and just going everywhere for like a whole year until COVID, you know, mm. and then. And then that made me sit the fuck down and like, all right, what do you, let's, let's refocus. But yeah, I am like a lone wolf. <laughs> I'm like a, I'm like never been a part of no, you know, as people, they be in crews and, and clicks. It's like, mm. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not really in, into all that, but everybody, if you in one pull up, you know what I'm saying? It's like, cause yeah. I, cause I'm not into that. It's like, 
it's I'm neutral. I feel like because yeah. it's just me. I be feeling like it's just me, but it's not. It is. It is other people around me that it's like I I do have to like acknowledge too. Like, mm-hmm. but it's, it do be feeling like it's just me. I rather move with just me. I rather be like the one. But it's like that's not how you get to. That's not how you really get to the next level, though, with just you. There's only so far you can get by yourself, mm. I will say. So it's like working with other people. It can be just you, but, you know, what can you do with other people to where y'all are building it with each other? It's not just, like, for events, but, like, services. And, like, it's like, yeah, let's, let me work with this person, this local artist for this cover art. You know, and I do do that. I work with local local people or pretty much all my all my producers are from the south from the carolinas or from mm. the carolinas all my producers i don't i don't have a lot of records with other artists so i do want to do more of that i do want to work with more producers in the carolinas because i don't have that many mm-hmm. um and there's a lot of dope ones out here i do want to um collaborate with other event platforms and move around to different cities mm-hmm. more but yeah i do feel I do feel like a lone wolf though. <laughs> At the end of the day though, it's just like it's just how I move. I kinda was like like that even like when I was on I was on this voicey app and people was clicks in there and stuff. I still was just it was just me. Like I wasn't collaborating a lot with people on the mm. app. I wasn't people were jumping on my stuff, but it's like I wouldn't if I feel the vibe I'll jump on it. But it's like just kind of like how I like to move. I'm an Aries too. I don't know if that has anything to do with mm, it. Like, okay. but <laughs> I don't know if that gives more context. But it's it like, might, yeah, it I'm I'm social, but I'm also like very like to myself. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time, you're so. very welcoming, but at the same time, you can get into your leave me alone bag if need be. Yeah, mm. I just be you know I be in my own world a lot of the time. I be in my own head, own world. But then I also I I enjoy going out too. So it's like mm. I'm an introverted extrovert, I guess. Yeah. I feel like that's dope, though, because, like, even what, what you're saying, like, um, you being that lone wolf that you are and you, like, you know, not necessarily being in, like, the aspects of, like, a clique and, like, because, you know, Charlotte can be very much of that. Yeah. In that sense, I think that's one of the, I tell people, convenience, conveniences of being someone like yourself that not necessarily was born here mm-hmm. and can we do all of that in a sense, yeah. all of that click. And, and just for you, somebody like yourself, I think that just puts her head down and works mm-hmm. like you're a lone wolf, but in the same sense, you work so hard. You really have made your own yeah. universe in the sense of like, yeah. you have your click of right. other lone wolves. Like right. the, cats, the cats that are coming to your events and that I'm seeing is, it's cats like myself. It's right. like Joe. It's like Indigo. It's like cats right. that I that are in kind of that same realm of like mm-hmm. been like that in a community, and you make these events for cats like that. Right. And so in that, you have created your own clique in a sense. Yeah, yeah. and and it has, and that's what I was like. Damn, realizing like dope events does have its own community. Like mm-hmm. like it does, but. It's for everybody. It's just that people in the cliques decide not to pull up a lot of the time. <laughs> it's like, it's literally for everybody, though. Yeah. But it's like, I my message to the cliques. Um, <laughs> if you're in a clique in Charlotte, North Carolina, what, what the cliques got to realize is that, <laughs> is that there are, or just in 2019 alone, over 300,000 people moved to North Carolina. So... A lot of these people in these cliques, it took me over, 
I was make I was out here for like two years before I even knew y'all existed mm. because that's how isolated you are within mm. yourself. So unless somebody's keeping your name alive, then you you just don't show up on on radars because you're yeah. not you you stick into the same thing. So you you performing for the same people, you in the same circles, and it's it's you're not going to grow it's gonna you remain stagnant that way because there's not like there's a platform that is highlighting all the charlotte clicks and and telling everybody's story on, on an online platform to where that can be heard right now you know that's what it would need if you're gonna stay in the house you know if you're gonna stay at your own events you're gonna need a platform or some somebody to keep the name alive the stories alive or something like a mm. uh what is it a history <laughs> somebody to write the history down and <laughs> an oral history pass it down because it's like you are going to be you're not going to thrive just by staying within your own clique because there's Every year, Charlotte changes. It's not what yeah. it was 10 years ago. It's not what it was five years ago. It's not what it was last year. Yeah. So with all these new people moving here um, and feeling like the city lacks identity, it lacks culture and different things, so it, it takes for us to work together and get out of that click mindset so we can um, define or show people what's actually going on. If we all work together with our individual crowds and our individual um, markets and audiences then that's when it can get to the corporate side because it's like a whole creative scene and creative scenes support supporting creatives and then it's a whole nother corporate scene mm. that don't know shit about what's going on on this side exactly you know what i'm saying so it's like and then it's tons of people moving here thousands and thousands of people moving here like a thousand a day i think mm. and they don't know shit about what's going on 10 years ago in charlotte and nobody's yeah. gonna tell them either so it's like we have to start working together to put on something big to where the whole city we got the whole city's attention you know there's like a million people here you know mm -hmm. it's like it's bigger than the clicks it's bigger than this creative community it's it's bigger than charlotte it's bigger than the carolinas you know this is global yeah. we gotta think big you know from when i've been you know just living in four different states five to if you count springfield six different cities you know um but i lived in east coast west coast midwest now i'm down south you know so i'm in different regions all over the plus i've been to 38 out of the 40 states you know i've traveled even without living plus i just went to london that opened my eyes completely like to a whole nother like damn it's a whole world out here too and it's yeah. all these people in london that have been all over the world because when they travel to somewhere like georgia four hours away for us mm. well not them traveling to georgia when we travel to georgia mm. but if they go four hours that's like going to they're france Fran to they're in paris you know mm. what i'm saying so it's like you traveling on a region in the united states but you're going to different countries different languages different cultures all this so they're very well traveled when mm -hmm. it comes to stuff like that and then they're from different countries and all over it's like a big melting pot and so that opened me up to like man it's 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 global out here but like mm -hmm. when you think about it like that then you can't possibly be worried about a click in charlotte north carolina you know yeah. what i'm saying like that don't matter on a large scale yeah. Like it does not matter on a large scale, and the only way to make your mark is to really like go global with this shit. Like yeah. for I real, agree. 
I tell people that all the time, you know, because, like, especially when I first started this, like, around, like, 2019, like, Mm -hmm. of course you want to because I call it pretty much a time capsule. I call this, like, a time capsule for the city in the sense of, like, I I wanted it to be created because, A, me being an artist in my own realm, like, I wanted it to be an outlet for creatives to not only give them flowers, but really ask them how they're doing on the mental aspect of things, mm-hmm. being an artist, because that's a lot to, they're more of a outwardly emotional being compared right. to the typical person that like to help hold stuff in. A lot of artists are a lot more, um, we're all emotional, but they, they express it more in, in senses, whether it be through their art, whether it be through their, their, um, Verses, you know, their lyrics mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's therapeutic to them. And so this is really created for people to go back and look at these artists and, and really get to know them outside from whatever right. they're doing. And in that sense, like, of course, you want to interview everybody in a sense right. when it comes to the Charlotte community. But I, I got pushback from that when it came to certain cliques. And, you know, certain people ain't just going to vibe with you. And I had to come to the reality of that because at the end of the day, um, like you said, like, the bigger scale of it is I'm putting my stuff on YouTube. Right. My my biggest, like, 2020, 2022, like, the biggest community that I got people looking at was in freaking Germany. It wasn't it wasn't yeah. in the United States in, in the last month in December. And so, like, mm-hmm. when I say that, it's like, when it came listening-wise, it was in Switzerland. Wow, And so it's yeah. like, I say that to say, like, you're, you're, your village can be from anywhere. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the world is so global in this sense. Like, sometimes you get in that one track line of, like, man, like, this person ain't messing with me. This person ain't messing right. with me. Like, you may need to go to Monroe. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? You may right. need to go to Pineville. You may need right. to go to another metropolitan because they may not be messing with you on this side. Right. But go to South End. Like, right. they, right. they, they hungry for thing. it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Go to the West Side. You know, you may, if they ain't messing with you on the South Side, go to Gastonia. You know right. what I'm saying? Some some of these people don't even go in the outskirts. Right. Let alone thinking on a bigger scale of like, man, like, do I really want to do this for the city? Because if mm-hmm. I really want to do this for the city, I need to get out of that mind state. Right. But they yeah. got to they gotta want that. Some people, they're comfortable being in that mind state. And that's how, that's how you get left behind. Yeah. What was really crazy, though, what made me think about what you just said, when I was in London, it's like um, me and my homie Noise, he actually just moved to California. He invited me out to London. Shout out to him. He's a really dope artist. Um He's only 23, and I've known him since he was 19. He's just producer, artist, engineer. He does everything. So I think I'm really, I'm really proud of him. That's what's up. But um, we was like, yeah, we from, we live in Charlotte, and then this is at a local, literally like events we be throwing here. I found I tapped into the local community in London, which was crazy because I didn't do no touristy stuff out there. I was really like at the at the local stuff, mm-hmm. and I was he was like, "Hold up, um, this dude making it on on Instagram." He was like, "Wait, I actually listened to these cats in Charlotte." He he was start naming De Niro, Ferrara, and Lou and stuff, and he's like, "No, I really listened to these people. I know about Charlotte." So it's like, damn, that was like crazy inspiring to talk talk to a random person in London that know the same people from here and it's like yo that's this shit up. is really global and it's like that's the type of impact it's like how does this people in London know about Charlotte North Carolina you know mm. what I'm saying so it's like it's it's a lot out here and yeah we we gotta tell our stories platforms like this are very important you know to tell our stories and um just build community and and, and so when someone 
Google Charlotte, North Carolina artist scene or, or what's going on in Charlotte, you know, they should be able to find that. And that's mm-hmm. what it's like making this, the more we work together, the the bigger news that we can make to where it's, it's more accessible for people to go and Google and, and some shit pop up, you know, and then really what's going on. It's like, cause I didn't know what the hell was going on in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. It took me a while to even shout out to um, my sister's, my sister's coworker actually took me to Reds for the first time. Mm. Um, she ended up passing last year, actually. Um, mm. Rest in I'm peace, Cha Cha. But um, she took me to Reds on a Saturday. Reds at twenty eight. That's mm. the first spot I went because it was by my house in university when I used to live out there. Mm-hmm. And um, she took me out there, and I seen that they were doing open mic on Wednesday. And I was like, oh, I can go and perform at the open mic. And it was mm. release therapy. Shout out to release therapy. Still doing it every week at Reds. I think it's six years in now. Um, shout out to a poet named Superman. And it, it was a couple weeks where I went and I was like, oh, I can't do it today. I can't do it. And then I, I actually performed for the first time. I got so much love. You know, it was a poetry open mic, but at the end they let people do songs. And I got mm. so much love. It, it kept me going. Like, if my first performance would have been bad. I'm liable to not. If my first performance would have been my second performance, I probably would have never performed again. Wow. Like it was like it was um so it's like it's important but if if my sister's coworker never brought me to Riz it's like that led to so many different other th- I had to literally know somebody t- to even know what's going on so it's like it's mm. not I was looking for stuff. I was looking for stuff online. I was like it wasn't I didn't release. I would have eventually found stuff, but yeah. like it wasn't that easily accessible. Yeah. But once I start going to stuff, then I start networking, and, and then from there, it's like I was able to meet so many different people and figure out what's going on. I would look and see another artist performing, see the number on the flyer, get on that card too, do this showcase, mm. do that, and then, and then that just led to um, awareness and everything being everywhere. But then if there's a certain part I do get like. Once you build a certain amount of awareness, you wanna you wanna retreat for a while. You know, it's like a rule mm. of law of power. You don't yeah, wanna be is. too available. Mm-hmm. But then, like, you still gotta pop back out. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, you gotta pop yeah. back out and let people know, or let them know online, or do something. You know what I'm saying? Let yeah, them know sure. in some way that you're still working at something. So yeah, yeah, that's what I try to do now. I try to have that balance of just like mm-hmm. being supportive. Um, making a presence on both ends, like how you said, I had to really balance that of being more active on social media right. when it comes to making my reels, making my You're stuff. You're really good at that, too. That I always see your stuff. It, it took, I mean... You're a perfect example of that, you know, watching people like you, shout out to people like you, shout out to people like Skinny, you know, who yeah. I see, like, you guys are very good at um, making sure, and Tyler, the creator, had a good reel when he was talking about this that people keep replaying where he's like, I don't understand how someone, and I'm paraphrasing it, but he's talking about how, I don't understand how artists can create something and they don't really show that. it one time. I've seen story. that. <laughs> yeah. And I had a bad habit of doing that to where mm-hmm. it's just like, whether it's a different view of you in a different type of angle of a picture um then you're doing this thing where it's like you're showing like a different song a day that you've done yeah and it's like but it's 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 keeping you in relevance where you can because sometimes a lot of the times you'll talk to people and a lot of these people sometimes you you think people aren't looking at your story and they're they're like man like i know like i got all these followers what these people sometimes i talk to these cats some people really don't see it like if if you're doing it just one time 
Like some people really just they don't. Like, oh dang! I didn't even know you had a new thing out, man. Like if if they're not on your notifications, some right. some people I just most people I don't. do notifications with a lot of people I really mess with. Where it's like, oh okay, they got mm-hmm. something new. But if you're not doing that, like if you're only posting yourself once, they're not gonna know how Instagram floods stuff so much. Man. And so you really, if you want to make you want to make yourself prevalent, I look at people like yourself. I look at people like Skinny. I look at people like my boy Descendant, who who do a good job of balancing that out. Yeah, and um, that helped with me as well. Being like, okay, That's like up. let's make it more prevalent in that sense. because well, you want to, you want to be job. able to balance it out in a sense. You do want to balance it out, and it's like um, coming on to social media. Instagram has changed since since we came on in twenty eighteen. Oh, yeah, it's sure. changed quite a bit, but like coming on, I think I had five k my first year, mm-hmm. and it's it's slowed down. I've never had that much in one year, but you know, I've constantly grow. I'm growing. At least two thousand followers a year, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm at twelve k now, and it, and it's like you could, you still reach pretty much the same amount of people, no matter how much you grow, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, but the thing about Instagram, and and a lot of people have brought up that thirty day or or every song day dropping a song every day that I have posted. Like a lot of different people have brought that up to me in person. I'm like, okay, so that really worked because I was like, yo, yeah, I got dope. these songs that. All the, I'm getting at least 2,000 new followers a year. I start dropping music in 2018. It's like, yeah, I'm not constantly promoting every song that I have ever dropped. And it's like, there's a lot of songs people don't even know existed. And even if you catch, it was 19 days that I did it because 19 songs that I had mm-hmm. out at the time. So it was like, even if you catch one day, you know that there's, if it say it's day 11, you know that there's 10 days before that and there's going to be more. So it's like, you know, all you had to do was catch one day of that campaign to know that it was going on. And, mm-hmm. and, um, that awareness it's like probably i i probably reached a lot oh i probably got to look back at the analytics for each video but like when you mm-hmm. combine that that's a lot of people that i end up reaching or, or people that i repeat reach but people don't see your stuff on instagram if they don't engage with you or if they don't have the, the um, notifications on and it's because if you look at your instagram feed you could scroll 10 posts and, and six of them will be sponsored mm. You know, that's like 50, 60 percent, you know, of sponsor posts on your page. And then the other four will be from other blogs or it'll be from vegan food for me. It's like, damn, <laughs> it'd be like, damn, I don't literally I follow like 5000 people. I don't even see I could go. I can go 20 posts and only see two people I follow. Mm. Like, it's crazy. Like, it's really crazy how um, Instagram has gotten so greedy to the point where it's like, yo, we're going to, you build your platform on here and you're not going to be able to reach them unless you pay. Mm, and that's just a wow. fucking scam, you know, cause y'all want to make money off the sponsor post that you are over, overfeeding people sponsor posts. And then when, when the reels go up, a lot of times that shit don't even go to people that follow you. It go to new people, which is great to reach new people, but it's like, damn, can I reach the people that follow me too? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like, that's why I have a text platform now. Um, shout out to community text app. So mm-hmm. I do a lot of, I got about 300 people in my community. I could text. Okay. So, um, four, one, two, two, one, seven, three, seven, five, five, text me. I'll be putting all types of, I put my shows, my music through there. Um, I put opportunities through there. Um, stuff that I figure out about d- different events. If I feel compelled to drop it in there, I'll drop it in there. Um, so it's, it's just a um, cool community I've built on there and, um, you know, doing the email list and, and just doing 
different things to get your audience off of Instagram because mm-hmm. it's like, yo, you'll get your audience on Instagram and you won't see them again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, and then Instagram will just market to them. It's crazy. So I, I think I spent a lot of energy on Instagram where it didn't necessarily translate. It translates to, I guess it's good for people to like, now people look and they'll be like, oh, like now that I got over 10K, like, oh, you got fault. And it's like, it's for society values, but it really mm. does not mean anything. It don't get you no money unless you monetize off of them. I yeah. think Instagram has been really helpful for, um, they don't want people to get off the app. That's what you got to realize too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, they do not want people to get off the app. So it's like, if you're saying, hey, even if you're saying, I've stopped putting link in bio in my post because it's like, they literally will not show that shit to people because you're telling them that to click on your link somewhere else. It's like, it, it's Instagram gets on my nerves if you don't tell about what I'm saying. But yeah, it's it's a helpful tool because I've been able to do a lot through it. But you got to get your people off of Instagram and get them somewhere else to where you can email list, text line. That's where you got to get them because that email list, I, I realize when I start sending out emails, I'm like, damn, like. 80% people open this email. So it's like, that's yeah, up. that's better than Instagram where I built all these freaking followers and and I can't even reach a thousand of them sometimes. It's like, mm. sometimes I'll post some and reach like a thousand people and it's like, reach like 500 people. But then it's like, these are still people. So it's like, mm. you got to look at the numbers too. It's like, we, we get so numb with numbers. It's like, still a thousand people is a lot of people. Yeah. It, it, so it's... It's all in perspective, uh, how you look at it and how you monetize it. And also, you got to bring value to your audience. So I want to do a better job of that because I I feel like sometimes I can get real promotional. You know, (laughs) I can get real like, hey, look at this, look at that. And it's like when you're posting, do you think about, hey, what what is this doing for somebody? You know, like, is mm. this going to, like, entertain, inform, inspire? You mm. know, like, stuff like that. So thinking about that before you post, like, what it, what is this going to do? A lot of my stuff is probably entertaining. Sometimes it's comical. That's still entertaining. But that's the type mm. of con- – but I want to post more inspirational stuff. But I'm not always in a, in a mood to – I feel like sometimes I just don't be in a mood to be inspirational and I don't want to be fake positive with people. So, yeah, but then I mean, I, you're a real human. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, but then you also, I want to share those experiences, but then I, it's all about balance. Like you said earlier, it's like everything is balanced. So I do want to share when I'm not feeling too good, but then it's like it's the same amount of time I got to share when I am yeah. and um, put that out there. Cause like, man, people are really hurting at the end of the day. People are scrolling. They don't know what they're doing. A lot of times think about mm-hmm. that when you post it, it's like, damn somebody scroll and come across this would i would i change their day you know like with mm-hmm. what it would what we just this clip or this conversation would this make them think would this make them did this inspire them to do something with this mm-hmm. so um i think that's important though when we just post it and and that's when you grow more you know that's when people want to share like when you really touch them because sometimes like i'll send out inspirational text through my text group and I'll get all these responses when I'll be sending out my videos and stuff and be like, all right, I don't know if they seen it or not and stuff and different mm-hmm. things. But then I'll send out, you know, something that I, I may have needed to hear, but I'm yeah. t- I'm saying to myself for everybody else. And, and, and then so many people be like, I needed to hear that today. So I just want us to um, kind of remember sometimes people need to hear things and sometimes we need to hear things too, like yeah, from sure. other people. So I think um, curating your feed, 
curate your feed so so it's beast motivation to you like that was another thing i was leaving back to your first question in 2022 i done muted i can't unfollow every some people i can't unfollow <laughs> i'm like but I, y'all got muted yeah <laughs> some people i muted different things but it's like i was just scrolling to the first post just muting um unfollow mute unfollow mm. um engage put um, post notifications on these affirmation pages because I it took me like 30 posts before I got to something positive. Mm, and that's yeah. really fucking crazy. It's yeah. like I went through like literally the first thing on my feed was either a sponsored ad or something negative or, or sponsored ad, something negative or something that is meaningless. It's, yeah. And it's like yeah. that's the content that's being pushed because it, it is on a larger scale. It's, it's warfare. You know what I'm saying? Keep us distracted. Keep us ignorant. Keep us dumb. Keep us um, on the app. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like that's what it's about. It's, it's mental warfare. We brainwashed out here to to and take certain things that make us feel the way we feel, and um, like even like when you look at, have you ever seen Chinese TikTok feeds versus American TikTok? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. come Me on and now, have talked about that. Yeah, like come on now, it's like it's it's warfare out here. That's mm -hmm. like, all right, there's something that's out there, and I'm pretty sure you might look at a black person's feed, and it might be different than a white person's feed. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Just it depend on what it. It, on what it is but you look at these black media sites that are thriving off of negativity and that's what we intake and that's what we promote and that's what we share and it's like and i was just telling my um when i got a shape up yesterday i'm like he's what did the barber say because i told him i was a rapper mm -hmm. he's like yeah oh yeah i went and checked out your stuff um this is my second time um going to him he's like, i went and checked out your stuff i i, I thought you were gonna be like uh, basically like a coochie female rapper like talking about this and that and I said mm -hmm. what made you think that though cause I'm like what made you think that cause it, it couldn't have been my demeanor it couldn't have been my appearance it couldn't like cause I don't even look like I would have a lace front I, would, I wouldn't even be at a barber right now if I was that type of <laughs> rapper you know what I'm saying <laughs> like, what I gave would, you that idea sir <laughs> right and it's like literally which is but i'm like you literally had to just go off of the fact that i'm a female and i'm a rapper yeah it, can, it couldn't have been anything to do with me personally and i'm like that's a shame that our idea of female rappers have changed to this point because i'm like 20 years ago you wouldn't have thought that just immediately off the bat oh you're a female rapper you ain't talking about nothing or something and i don't know why people think that when there are so many females that are talking about stuff and it's like instead of complaining and a lot of times we complain about what we don't like we complain about oh like like sometimes I, a lot of sometimes i'll do like this is a marketing thing i'll do i'll go underneath like like i'll go like lorilla um video and see the negative comments underneath and mm. then i'm like yo there are people out here that are doing stuff like but we rather talk about what we dis we rather comment underneath something that we don't like yeah rather than common and positive things about something that we do like which is mm. boosting their game so whether your comment is negative positive you boost in their engagement so you rather boost engagement and, and raise awareness for something that you totally disagree with rather than actually sharing something that you do agree with and it's yeah. like when you find out about that person or, or that person that goes like for example the barber i don't know if after you found out that i wasn't that type or or i was something that you somebody that you would want to listen to 
Did you share my me with a friend? Did mm. you tell a friend about me? Did you did you did you reshare anything to your page? Did you do? Mm. That's what it takes. It takes word of mouth. That's how we change and, and make the balance. Because it's not that it's not there. It's that there is no balance in the mainstream. A lot of the things, the stuff that's being pushed is one thing. It's not that there's not a place for that, but it's like it's one lane that is being pushed on a main mainstream level. Mm. You know, there's a lot of underground artists that are coming up, but it's like the more we start sharing the stuff that um, we believe in and, and that we do support and actually positive reinforcement instead of negative reinforcement, that's when, that's when stuff will change. Exactly. Yeah. I completely agree. That's, that's the key, but it takes, like how you said, people taking the initiative to do that. Right. And, um, you know, and then all it takes is one person, man, that, that, that energy is spread. Know negative right. energy spreads a lot faster. Sadly, for whatever it does. reason, sadly, um, but it's our society. We're so um, we're just negative. Yeah. <laughs> we're just inherently negative uh, more than we are positive. So, it, and then when you're positive, it's like it's like you're extra positive. Like it's like oh, you can't be negative if you if you're just a positive person. It's like oh, damn, you, you can't, can't have a bad day. Right, right. <laughs> it's like you always have to be positive, and mm -hmm. people think. Like, even with me, they're like, be, oh, you're just such a pot. It's like, I don't know why y'all think that, but it's like, it's because it's I do know why. Because it's like, you're almost not allowed to even share other parts of yourself mm -hmm. without being labeled as being negative. Or if you're considered a positive person, you're, you're almost not allowed to show that other side of you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's kind of like, damn, I want to show people like all different sides. And I've struggled with the person and I kind of, you kind of hear that theme on um, compounded progression. The first song of my project is like mm. Reese or Shauna, the person or persona, you know, like I I've struggled with because I went for somebody who was just me my whole life. And then I went into this artist saying, but I feel like Reese is still me, but I never created a separation between the two. So I kind of like struggle with, what is the business and what is personal, you know, cause I am the business and I am me. So it's like, I struggle with is Reese just me or do I create, or is it just a part of me? It is just a part of me, but what do I show? You know what I'm saying? Like, do I show all of me and that be Reese or do I just show that part of me and that be that person is separated from who I am. And it's kind of, it's been difficult for me to kind of like, See, because it's like, I want to just be me. I want to just show people who I am. I want to speak from my heart and, and do things. And I think I, I was growing faster when I was when I was more freer in my in my um, communication and free, freer in what I put out. And I wasn't always right. I'm, I'm going to mm. admit like I was it's like if you started at the beginning, you'll see all, you'll see so many different or not the, the very beginning, but when I got on social media, mm. it was way different when I first joined. And that's yeah. probably how I grew so fast. And Because I would say some shit. I would say shit that people didn't necessarily agree with. And it's like now I'll bite my tongue more. I'll be like, oh, I got to be politically correct mm, or, or yeah. stuff about that. It's like, yeah. but at the same time, it's so many ways you can do it. Because it's like, it's about what you want to show because... You lose people. Now I lost some people, but I gained more people than what I lost. Yeah, you comes know, with the territory. So it's just, and I still lose followers all the time, lose people all the time. But I'm, I'm always gaining, so it, it balances out. But it's about like, how do you want 
how do you want to be portrayed or how do you want to be seen or what do you want to speak on or what do you care about? What are your values? And do you want people to know all this value? I do. Mm. So it's like, I want to be more vocal about how I really feel and showing more different sides of me again and getting back to like that freeness that I had when I first started, when I was just like, yeah, nah, I don't see anything, but what I'm doing, you know, I'm just, mm. I don't see nothing. I don't see no judgment. I don't think about nobody, what else they, they think. I'm just doing with me. And, and that's how you grow. That's how you really, really grow. Yeah. That's how you grow for sure. Because then when you're like that, it's like a level of transparency in mm-hmm. sense that comes with that. And, and with that transparency right. is that freedom that you speak of. Yeah. And so I think that's a goal that not just for you, that I feel like everybody wants to get to. And in in in, in mm-hmm. life, period, you want to get like that to be right. free like that. Um, yeah, it's this- so many constructs uh, uh, amongst our creativity, and just like we're so quick to um, judge each other, we're so quick to place judgment or condemn people, and without understanding, not listening, and it's just mm-hmm. it's very disheartening and it's very discouraging for people to actually put themselves out there when so when when. We have this um, culture that is so quick to scrutinize and try to cancel or, or do different things. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, it's life. But it's like it's, it's we have the power to change the culture of how we move because it starts with us. It starts with the community. It starts with the people around us. And the more we change our values, our core values and everything, if we if we moved yeah, I say that in my project too. Like, you're gonna lose if you don't move with love. You know what I'm saying? If we moved with with love and, and kept that in the forefront, like these are my brothers and sisters. You know, we would think twice about saying this, the stuff that we say to each other, and, and even if we're not saying it, we're reading it, we're we're seeing it, we're seeing. Like, it's just like we gotta um, protect ourselves, um, our subconscious too, because it's a lot that we intake yeah. without even being able to process what what is going on and what that means mentally. So. It's a, it's a lot. Social media is a lot. It's very heavy. I, I, I recommend you limit it, you know, as much as you can because <laughs> it's like do what you got to do. Reply to the, you who you got to reply to. And it's, I'm more like all or nothing. And that's why it's like, damn, I want to be I want to be more balanced in, in that aspect because I'm like, yo, I'm either going to be on this shit or I'm not. And it's like I, mm. I, I really in my heart, I don't want to, but I feel like I have to. But really, I don't have to. Mm. It's like it's all about how you define success because it's like. Yo, you don't need social media to really be successful because most of the time these motherfuckers on Instagram ain't clicking that link anyway. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They stay on Instagram. So, you know, they'll, they'll click a like. And it's it's it's, an, it's good for, like, the, the, I guess, clout aspect sometimes. Yeah. But it's like, unless you really in favor with the algorithm or, or whatever, or sometimes being in favor with the algorithm is going to take for you to be yourself yeah, and, um, and really put yourself out there and also speak to people's soul. Cause you gotta, you gotta understand the audience. Like, so here we are dealing with a um, group of people that are inherently exposed to negativity, you know, uh, for most of their lives that are, that are um, taught a certain way, not taught to think for themselves that have been brainwashed by so many different constructs and groups that, that feel individual visualized that feel like there are a part of these communities that really don't exist that are just made to divide us even more so you got to think about who you're talking to um sometimes when we putting stuff out there and it's like yo what would they what would they need to hear and how can i make an impact and how can i change um the world and it's like yeah it's just a post on social media but it's like 
sometimes you can you can spark a lot of things and that's what I want to do um, moving with my platform like be more impactful with it because it's like that's when you actually that's when people really will start really rocking with you it's like but not everybody um I believe the medium is the message not everybody's gonna rock with my music yeah. you know people follow me for several different reasons there are people that really rock with my music though mm-hmm. and I love them thank you thank you for rocking with my music but I can get you the message in many different mediums. I could write you some. I could yeah. I could write you a newsletter and and then get you that way. I can um I could post a clip from this interview, and you might want you might need to hear that. Right? I can text you. I can I can do so many different things for you to get the message. And um, I encourage people not to limit themselves to one medium. When when it's about your goals that you're trying to get across, it's about the message that you're trying to get across and everything. So why limit yourself to just being one dimensional? Why why do I have to just be a rapper? Why do I have to just be an artist? Why can't why can't you see the different skill sets I have? And also the, like the event medium, that's a whole nother medium and energy and being transferred. It's like energy putting in and coming out. It's like it's so many different ways that people can get the message and that, that we just got to build on and expand on. And that's how you really, I guess, get an audience. And there's some people that will rock with every medium that yeah. you do. And those are your really core super fans. Those but are it's the like, Right. But it's like, why limit yourself to one to one aspect of um, artistry and um, what you put out there when it's like, it's about our world impact. You know, it's about when you die. What, what are people going to say? Yeah. Mm. What did you leave? What was your impact? Right. Your, your legacy. legacy. Mm. Exactly. And it's like <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> facts, facts. This has been a good interview, man. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I've I've appreciated you taking the time to just kick back and and allow me to get to know you more as as the woman, as the artist. And like you're someone and in my in my eyes is, you know, has no boundaries in the sense of like where you can take this thing as a brand. Mm-hmm. Um, not even just like you said on, on the aspect of music, like what are, what are things for you? Cause I already know like you, you let us inside of what you want to achieve in the sense of like this year, things you want to do more in the, in the aspect mm-hmm. of social media of music. What are some other things that you want to unfold um, in 2023? Uh, really? Um, Shout out to Dope Events, my event platform, um, DOAP Events. Um, so I got my first project, the Dope EP, Diary of a Piehead. So I didn't even realize at first it abbreviated Dope. It spelled mm-hmm. Dope too. So, but anytime it be, it was years before I started Dope Events that anytime I say Dope, if I'm saying you're Dope, I always spell it that way. I can't spell Dope regular, so it's like <laughs> a branding thing. And people will say it to me, like they just commented on one of my uh, Dope, but then spell it like how I spell it. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like it catches on. So I um, built my event platform, Dope Events, and I see. And I, that's what I worked on a lot. The first part of last year, you know, we had a residency at Crown Station Weekly. And then, um, you know, just since Dope Events has started, we've done over 20 events. But before that, I was doing events underneath different things. But um, started in October 2021. And then, so we've been about a year in, over 20 events. But we're also nominated for a Southern Entertainment Award. Mm. Um for industry event slash service of the year so go vote for that as long thank you so um go vote for that yeah go vote 
And um, I, I see a lot of growth potential. Well, I know it's not potential, but I, it is potential. But, you know, it's going to happen. Mm. I see um, dope events going on tour because I have so many relationships because I do move around as an artist. Mm -hmm. And even when I was in London, I connected with a venue owner out there like that mm -hmm. does local events. Like I, I connect with all it is is a venue and putting it together, you know? Yeah. So, um, dope events is definitely going on tour 2023. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to that. Um, moving around to these different markets where I know artists in and, um, and I want to build that and also, um, working on a, for Charlotte, I'm working on, uh, I want to move into like 5,000 people's style festival events. So um, be on the lookout. I've been, I got some, um, shout out to Royal City Leaf, one of my friends. He's an artist out here. Um, we'll be working on this festival to bring that to fruition. And um, But before I do that, I definitely wanted to tap in. And, and unify this creative scene out here because i'm like yo let's do this festival and then when, when i did that accelerator um shout out to qmf agency out of um raleigh for having me in their three um accelerator program and, and pitch competition but that really inspired me because i was like going to make it about this festival and that i wanted to do but i'm like before i do that because then it's going to be if i just do a festival now it's gonna it's gonna still be divided if if i don't Uni try to unify these creatives out here and i know that's not overnight and i know i still gotta move if they don't want to be unified then i'm moving on <laughs> but, but it's like i gotta at least try yeah. i gotta at least try to like so we all know this is we on the same page and let's let's do this together because it's like it's about it's about blending all these different communities and so i want as many I hands agree. on deck for that festival i don't want it to just be me you know and, mm. and another person planning it you know i want it to be a collaborative effort so i'm looking forward to putting together i'm gonna put together this t this town hall meeting for creators um for, i'm thinking march put mm. that together um, i'm also looking forward to traveling more across the world this year so i definitely got thailand on my list i want to like break mm. i just got my passport and i only been to london so far so and mm. uh, i'm looking forward to breaking in more stuff on my passport because it's like i really want to travel the world but also bring my events to everywhere because traveling as an artist is totally different than just traveling as a tourist yeah, i can and only I, imagine yeah and i feel like everybody should have that experience whether you're an artist or not you should be able to go in whatever city and be able to tap into that. Someone told me in London, one of my last days there, I was there for a week. They said, you tapped into a deep creative vein in the city. And I was like, mm. damn, everybody should be able to experience what I experienced out there. But they don't necessarily know what's going on. Mm. They at the Big Ben. They at the Buckingham Palace and shit. Yeah, when they yeah. could have been at the at the spot in the, in the ghettos in the hood <laughs> out here in London. But it's like, yeah, it's like. I feel like everybody should be able to experience that. So that's what dope events I want to bring. I want to highlight these different scenes all over, but also document that and, and be more active on YouTube. That's, that's also in my plans, edit all this footage and start putting it out there on a schedule. So um, definitely my YouTube is something that I felt like I should have focused on more than Instagram. <laughs> so yeah, that's a shift in my focus to YouTube and um, my own building my own website. Mm. Um, com. definitely check it out. Building my email list. Um, but also like that text platform I have, I could text people of a certain region, location, like 
from anywhere. So I just want to um, build on that global community and and mm. and we're and being able to not only be a part of that and perform all over the world because I it's like I know how I can tour the world. All I got to do is book the venues and book myself yeah. and throw events out there because I've done it here. It's like I booked myself for shows. All I got to do is do that globally. I can I can tour the world this year just by setting up my own stuff and tapping in with the creators in there. So I'm looking forward to doing that because it's not rocket science. It's like I see very clearly how it can happen mm -hmm. like this year and I don't got to wait for somebody to put me on their tour I don't got to wait for somebody to put me on a shows. If I want to perform with a band, then I book a band and that's just a part of the budget, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I, I make the money back and you're going to end up making more money that way. But it's not about the money. The core has to be like community yeah. and the money comes like the money and it comes like, it's not like you got to wait for it either. What you put in is what you get out. You know, mm -hmm. I've never lost money on an event. So it's like, it, but the reason why, why I've never lost money on an event is because the, the core, I want to make enjoyable events. There's not enough of that. Like, mm, there's not enough yeah, of that. It's crazy that people are just throwing events just to make money. And then you got these people coming to these events, bored out of their mind, just waiting for their people to go, and they're not enjoying themselves. So not only that, it's like you got people coming from New York. You got people coming from California moving here. And then they're like, what the fuck is this? Because you just wanted to throw an event and make money. Now you're making a bad name for whatever city you're in. Because when tourists are coming from out of town and, and people are moving, they don't they can't even experience um, a, the true scene because you don't care about that. So yeah. it's like, it's 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 about highlighting that, um, getting this footage out so people can see like the type of stuff. I'll be, I'll be I have a lot of fun just traveling. I'll be just solo traveling a lot of times too. Mm -hmm. Like I have a lot of fun traveling and just getting into stuff and i think that would that would inspire a lot of people to do the same so um mm. travel dope events is going on tour i'm doing me i'm dropping more music more visuals i, I pretty much so every song this um new ep has a visual to it some type of visual lyric video visualizer um that's something that i wasn't doing before dropping a lot of visuals shout out to change picasso mm. dopest videographer in the world to me in my eyes so right. he's like I, I really rock with change picasso like locking in with these people that i really rock with and really creating magic other creatives that we could collaborate and that's that's it's a year of like i've been collaborating but it's a year of like extreme collaboration with people i really fuck with and really making that that um taking the initiative to go and do that because it's like yeah we talk we talk but it's like yo we only got today like That's we only have today yeah. it's like there's people that i have one of what that tried to work with me and i'm like oh i gotta work like back in 2018 shout out shout out to red he ended up dying and it's like red moolah died he was on the scene like early when i first started and it's like yeah one i looked at old messy one to work i could have had a song we could have had a song together and it's like damn it's like it's a lot of people that want to work, but we also got to be, you can't work with everybody because you don't got that much time in the world. So you got to like segment it off. But it's like people you really respect with and rock with, like we got to start working together. Yeah, so doing stuff like this, yeah. doing stuff like it's not just music. It's like everything, artists, mm. photographers, it's a lot of creatives. So that's what I'm, I'm wanting to bring us all in a room with like no ego i mean probably that's impossible because i don't know if people can just detach from their ego just for this meeting but it's like mm. like let's get in a room and really like we have common goals let's start working together to achieve them because it's like 
I I I was been doing dope events, like just me as the main person on, and I'm working with other creators. But it's like stuff could get way freaking bigger. Not just my platform, but everybody's platforms could get bigger if we if we start using our community and the people that we're around. So that's what it's about: community, creativity, creating, travel. I was looking for another C word, but <laughs> commuting. <laughs> but yeah, all of that. Yeah, Karen. Right. Yep. Yeah. And like, you know, and and providing that space, man, for people. Cause it's like we need that space. It's therapy. You know, we need that space. We need each other. So we gotta support each other. And I and I know a lot of times people may not have the means or don't know about it. People just simply don't it's not that these people don't fuck with you. They don't even know you exist. You yeah. know, it's like That's the a case lot of, a lot of the time. Right. And so it's like we all have markets and crowds out there. It's about reaching them and all that comes with is awareness and um raising awareness so and one thing i haven't done too is put too much hard dollars into marketing uh, so i'm looking forward to doing that it's like i've done a lot of stuff organically and i'm like well let me see when i'm targeting this stuff since they only gonna show my stuff to when they sponsor it what about i, I target this and, and then see how far much further that would go with my foundation i built so sure. yeah i'm looking forward to that i'm definitely feeling like i'll be feeling like every year i'm gonna pop but <laughs> <laughs> This is a year for me. <laughs> yeah. You've already popped, man, in our eyes, man. You already, you you working like a rock star out here, man. So, Thank you. It's I, all perspective, man. I, I be feeling like I ain't do nothing. I ain't did nothing yet. But. That's that's a great way to think, though, because that means you'll continue to work. When you, when you do get to the level of pop, like, what is popping to you? Is right. Like, and you're, for somebody like yourself, you even if you got to this level of pop and you would continue still, to right, work, you know, I still is, wouldn't be satisfied. Yeah. But that's it's a gift and a curse. It keeps you moving, but then you also gotta look and say, "Look, I'm proud of myself. Look yeah, at how far course. I came." Yeah, you you know what I'm saying? So, and it, I don't. Sometimes I don't take that time to be like, "Hey, you're doing a great job." Like, you're doing great. Like, it's yeah, like definitely take that time. it's a lot of times I'm just like you, you end up just uh, coming down on yourself for all the things that you're not doing and that's not productive, you know? So it's, it's, it's counterproductive. So yeah. you gotta, um, you know, feel good about where you are. Feel good about how far you've come and don't take that lightly and feel good that you even took the steps like to bring anything into fruition and materialize something from an idea to, to even us sitting here right now. If you didn't take the step, it took us a while to get in here. But if you didn't take the steps in 2019 to start this podcast, it would, this would be no platform for me to even be on right now. Mm. So it's like it's just it takes the idea, because it's a lot of people wanting to start podcasts. It's a lot of people wanting to do music, wanting to perform, wanting to throw events. Yeah, it's not sure. a lot of people doing it at a, at a good, at a high level that that care about quality, quality, and mm. um, and that's what's really gonna um, mean longevity. It's a it's a long game, and you know when you make timeless stuff, people will find it and they'll get to it when they get to it. So be proud of what you put out there. And, um, you know, promote it, do what you got to do, but also, you know, keep moving and um, knowing that there's a lot more to be done because all we got is a lifetime. You know, it's timeless, but all we got is this lifetime. I mean, I kind of I believe in reincarnation to an extent, but all I have is the work that I'm doing right now um, that I know of. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, yeah, I just I'm looking forward to building on that. And there's a lot of ideas I haven't brought to fruition. And, and maybe that will come with collaboration. Maybe I'm not meant to spearhead all of my ideas. Maybe I need to collaborate 
filmmakers, different people to like bring this together, script writers and different things to bring that to fruition. So I think it's going to be important to get all us creatives in one room. And I'm sure we have all the answers for each other. We have all the resources. We got all the ideas. And sometimes it takes a community to bring that to fruition. So, yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. This has been a um, a great sit down. Yes. Um, full of great valuable information that you've given us. Um, I thank you for coming on the show. Um, if you don't mind, um, just giving people um, just your socials. Um, yeah. You know, ways. I mean, my social security. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to do all that. No. First no, of all, you can Google a Reese yeah, rap. You, you know, can't just spell it right. Of. Spell it right. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, the Reese Puff cereal rap gonna come out. <laughs> Y'all remember that? Right? Reese Puff. Reese. <laughs> Peanut butter chocolate flavor. <laughs> nah. <laughs> but uh, it's R E E C E E. R-A-P-S on everything, ReeseeRats.com, everything, whatever you listen to music on, it's on everything, you know, um, Google me, spell it right, ReeseeRats, um, this bunch of interviews and different things all pop up, and um, yeah, ReeseeRats on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Reesey.Raps, because they deleted my first account, um, <laughs> uh, just Everything, text me at 412-207-3755. You can text me, join my email list, everything, Reese Rats. And um, if you're an artist, everything should be, be the same for you, too. <laughs> it should be uniform across everything. But, yes, yeah, spell it right, R-E-E-C-E-E, Raps. That's pretty much it. And then um, Compounded Progression EP, that's only on YouTube, SoundCloud, and my website and then i also got hard copies i'm actually giving out for free i need to bring some back in Mm. for y'all but um yeah that's out now um dropping more music on all major platforms first quarter as well Mm. so i'm dropping um i don't know when this is dropping when is this dropping in a couple weeks okay so alibi is dropping february 14th um, single alibi that's a totally different vibe from this compounded progression ep i did want to give um i make so many different vibes i'm just putting them out and pushing them to whoever rock with that you know so right, right. because i rock with all of it um but yeah alibi um is coming music video i'm shooting in atlanta next weekend so um that's gonna be lit courtroom scene it's gonna be like i'm looking forward to bringing all these ideas to fruition so definitely be on the lookout for that on all major platforms and yeah thank you so much for having me not a problem at all man beautiful man great interview this is as of late thanks for listening to as of late podcast be sure to follow us on spotify subscribe to us on apple Podcasts. You can listen to As of Late Podcast on both of those. You can also listen to As of Late Podcast on Anchor.fm and Google Podcasts.